What's up, y'all, and welcome to Leadership with Latoya for Leaders on the Grow. Today, I'm so excited to welcome my friend and dear colleague, Dr. Michael Wakesness, to the show. Michael, welcome. Good morning, Latoya. How are you? Good. So today, we want to talk to you about the importance of working smart um, and how we all as leaders have to work toward not confusing effort with results. So, Mike, let's tackle this question first. Tell me why you think it's so common for folks to confuse effort with results. One of my favorite books about leadership is The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. And in the book, he talks about something called what he calls adrenaline, adrenaline bias. And I think as leaders, especially leaders in schools, we suffer almost from an addiction to adrenaline. We are hooked on the daily rush of activity and firefighting and, and getting results. And we think that if we're not immersing ourselves in the hustle and bustle, we're not doing our jobs. I think the stakes are so high in what we do, we feel that we must be busy, 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 busy at all times in order to get results. But oftentimes in this mix of doing things, we're often shying away from the big picture items, which generally take time to reflect and slow down and think about and process and talk to others. And we ignore that because the things that feed our adrenaline are much more in our face, even though they're not more important. So I think it's so easy to fall into the trap of attending to the fire, so to speak, rather than attending to the things that will deliver the most results. Oh, Mike, I think you uh, make a great and, and excellent point about um, uh, of not falling into the trap of, of an adrenaline bias. It reminds me of our first podcast episode um, where we talked about the gap between knowing and doing why excellence is so hard to achieve. Because if we aren't careful, as you say, we can lull ourselves right into working, 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 but not attending to those things with the intentionality needed to produce those deliverables that we're, we're held accountable for. Um, you know, think a little bit, thinking a little bit back about some of your leadership experiences and some of ours together as co-principals, what do you think were some key things we did that helped others focus on delivering results rather than just, you know, trying hard? I think building in reflection to everything we did and everything we asked others to do. And if you are not purposeful about the reflection, it makes it difficult to concentrate on those things that are the most important. So I think having purposeful reflection and really being able to see the big picture, and that's, that's difficult to do to be able to step back, but helping. So in our, in our circumstance, working with teachers, having them look at the big picture and their PLCs and the end goals, what are the end goals in mind? Not just dealing with the, um, so to speak, emergencies right in front of them, but what, you know, what are the long-term goals and what can they do? to get there and and providing the time it's really hard for teachers for leaders for anyone in any any industry to have that time to plan out the backwards by design planning process Uh, but to look at your end goals and think about what do you need to do to get there you know i want to add to that i think you're so right because i was thinking about that you know looking at end goals and how important it is but i was also thinking recently i um had the opportunity to take a class on strategic thinking. And we talked about specifically, you know, how important strategy is in our work. 
And I, you know, it made me think so much about what is it that gives successful leaders a competitive advantage over others, unlike folks who work in, you know, companies that produce um, actual tangible products. It's a little different, you know, in business, you might have a product that has a feature that's not um, uh, available through other similar type products. For example, just take the Apple Watch versus the Fitbit versus the um, Jawbone. You know, there, there are some subtle differences in those that makes Apple's product, in my opinion, a, a superior uh, uh, product. But I'd, I'd say in our business, our competitive advantage um, where, where it's a leadership opportunity where we don't have a, an actual product, although we do have deliverables, which is student achievement, that competitive advantage has to be strategy. And it has to be balancing the gap between knowing and doing by identifying clearly what goals are from the onset of our work. And then um, developing a set of commitment to coordinate and integrate those core behaviors we know are needed to accomplish those goals. So I say that um, just to think about, you know, in, in the education business for teachers, I think about how important the planning process is to get ready for, for the lesson that you're going to provide students um instruction when you're going to provide students instruction and Mike if you remember we did a lot of focusing in that first year as co-principals with our teachers on questioning and how we would ask them to work to develop their questions ahead of time and to think about those common misconceptions that students had rather than letting the questions just uh, evolve in the midst of the lesson so that's a strategy to to prepare questions to address thinking misconceptions and, and I think, you know, the goal when we talk about keeping folks focused on um, delivering results um, is, is to get them to utilize strategy, strategic thinking in their daily uh, operational ways that they work. I think there's a, there's a lot of work that could go into planning for teachers. A lot of times when we work with teachers on planning, they're more focus on what are they going to do in the next lesson? What are they going to do in the lesson after that and, and down the road? But if we could really get them to think big picture and strategically plan out, and like you mentioned with the questions and having questions prepared for students. And, you know, after you do it for a while, you can pretty much guess what the students are going to answer to your questions. So having the follow-up questions ready and not just, like you said, shooting off the, you know, shooting off your hip and, and asking questions that you think of in the moment, but planning for the questioning sequence, because you know, for the most part, the answers you're going to get, the different varying answers you'll get. So you should have the next questions, the follow-up questions planned, and we could probably spend another 14 podcast episodes on questioning, but, but that's a great example of the protest process and the really strategic thinking of planning not just carrying out or planning for the lesson you're going to carry out the next day or the next week, whatever it is, but really thinking about the end goals and being strategic about what you're going to do in the classroom to accomplish those goals, not just what you're going to do to get through the next day. And that applies to principals, to assistant principals, to department heads. Uh, when you are planning your faculty meetings, are you thinking of those same things? You know, we, we often ask teachers to do things 
But as leaders, Latoya, I know you and I, we would never ask our teachers to do things that we weren't going to do. So when we were planning a faculty meeting or a professional development session or a curriculum mapping session, we, we did those same things that we asked our teachers to do. We thought strategically about it. We thought about the questions we were going to ask, the questions, the answers we were going to get to those questions, and, and so on. So I think it's important as leaders that we model exactly what it is we want our teachers to do as well. Absolutely. And that that brings me back for our last point to the reflection piece. You know, we developed as co-principals a formalized way for our teachers to reflect. You know, we used the video reflections using the swivel and had teachers um, gave teachers a, a structure to how to reflect and and questions in our elements of an effective lesson document that teachers could use to reflect on their instructional practice. So I think so often when we talk about these things that are good strategies, we don't attach structure to them. And therefore, they're sort of, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. When we attach structure to it and we provided a set of questions, a procedure for how to um, participate in video recording of your lesson and then reflection with the instructional coach or either both of us or one of us or or alone. When we provided that structure, that really changed teacher practice. So I, I would say strategy and structure are essential to working smarter and not just working hard and producing results. We're almost out of time, but I want to thank you, Mike, so much for being on the podcast. And if you will, before you go, please leave everybody your Twitter handle. You can find me at tw- on Twitter at Mike Wake at M Wakesness, and that is at M W A I K S N I S. I would love for you uh, to to help me grow as a leader on Twitter. I look forward to seeing you there. And of course, you know, you can find me uh, by tapping on my blog. It's LatoyaDixon5.blogspot.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at LatoyaDixon5. Until next time, be you, be true, and be a hope builder. This is Leadership with Latoya for Leaders on the Grow.